You're listening to the Around Comics Book Club episode, Saga of the Swamp Thing, sponsored by InStockTrades.com. Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week a revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. Comics. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you are in the area, drop on by. Hey there, folks. Christopher Neesman here. And uh, this is a different kind of episode for us. It is uh, It is not one of our regular weekly episodes. I lied to you. Um, you son of a bitch. <laughs> this is one of our book club episodes. And we are talking about Alan Moore's Saga of the Swamp Thing, Volume 1. Saga of the Swamp Thing. <laughs> God, it's like Sean Connery does Alan Moore <laughs> by Sal. Uh, this is... Uh, I like swamps. About every about every month or six weeks or so, we uh, we pick a book every and uh, and then we we go home and we read it and then we come back and we talk about it and that's what this episode is and this one was picked by <laughs> and this book. one it's getting later in the night here I'm slowing down uh, this book. this was this book was selected by our very own uh, Brian Salazar so uh, so Sal uh, yes. why don't you uh, why don't Where's? you uh, kick things off oh, and. Um, tell us uh, a little <laughs> bit uh, of of why oh. you picked this. Um, oh, but first, um, this was uh, this was discounted a tremendous forty seven percent off the cover price at InStockTrades.com. If you would like to go and pick this up, I think that you can still grab this for forty seven percent off if, if you if you run to your computer right now. And uh, and thank you for InStockTrades for uh, for sponsoring uh, um, our book club selection. And we will have a new selection at the end of this episode. So. Uh, uh, so stick around for details for that. So Sal, why yes. uh, why Saga of the Swamp Thing? Uh, well, I picked it because one, it just came out. Yeah, <laughs> it, it hadn't been released in in this format in a big collected hardcover mm-hmm. thing. So, uh, and I hadn't read it before. Um, I didn't read it when it first came out. You uh, never read? You I had never. Really? I had never. It was not even in trade. Or? I had never read uh, more Swamp Thing. God, you're a more junkie too. I know, and it's the it's really like the only work of his that I well, not the only thing I haven't ever. Read. But it was one of the one of the major ones, ones yeah. that I had never read, and I really am kind of glad that I hadn't read it like when it first came out, or even you know when I was younger, because I don't think I would have really appreciated it mm-hmm. for what it was. And at this that collection time. is pretty. Yes, it's very nice, very nice collection, hardcover collection. It's it's nice on the paper. It's on the nice paper that I like, the sort of uh, newsprint, almost yeah. replica newsprint kind of stuff. But. Um, uh, if I if I uh, if I'm remembering my facts correctly, this was uh, Alan Moore's first work for uh, I believe for it, DC. I believe it was his first American work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had done stuff uh, um, Marvel in, UK yeah, and 2000 AD yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And this was uh, his first work that they they had 
seen him over there doing that stuff and decided, well, maybe he could he could do this. this kid, and kid's got some chops. This kid's got some <laughs> yeah, some talent we could maybe exploit. And uh, <laughs> and, um, and I gotta say, man, you know, thinking about it, reading it, and sort of thinking about it in context of when it came out, it was like eighty four or something like that. Not even a little that, 82? 87, I thought. Oh, was no, it was earlier eighties. Anyway, it was well, pre crisis. Was it okay? Yeah, because Swamp Thing shows up during the crisis. There's a eventually a tie-in issue with the eighty two. Yeah, nineteen eighty two. Yeah, okay, eighty two. Um, uh, and thinking of it as as you know, Alan Moore's first work for you know this major comic book company. It's like the dude had some balls. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. and to to come out with this and really sort of swing for the fences and take a character that. You know, in reality, is like you know, sort of a nothing—not a nothing character, but sort of you know, a secondary, a yeah, weird little horror trope and and kind of a strange character, and just completely in the first issue, dismantle anything you possibly would have thought Swamp Thing was, but but did it in an incredibly uh, creative and respectful way. I mean, he was coming onto this book, and there were two guys that that <clears throat> created Swamp Thing. That I mean, these are these are. Not you know just fly by night creator yeah. Len Wein and and Bernie, Bernie Wrightson. Wrightson right I mean that's pretty that's pretty and I, I honestly to keep. I didn't know that Swamp Thing its origin was like 1972 yeah I it'd didn't been know around for a for, long been around time, for a long yeah. time yeah, ten years and uh, and so yeah for him to to come in and just sort of you know I mean completely redesign the character basically. yeah if you're not if you're not familiar what he did was. Swamp Thing previously had been like, oh, Alec Holland was turned into a swamp monster. Right. And in an explosion, he was a biochemist yeah. or a, bio, a biologist. Something yeah, like that. And, and Moore pretty much said, no, it's a thing that thought it was Alec right. Holland. It There's, was just a plant creature that was Yeah, created. he was a yeah. plant creature that thought it had the memories of Alec Holland and, and thought that it was him. And in reality, it's not. It's this plant creature. And, and really, very quickly, you know, Takes it apart and, and puts it back together, and in, in, you know the the issue that you know uh, his first issue he killed Swamp Thing. Yeah, he kills he, the Swamp. He, he kills, issue, kills it all. Kills, kills, kills the, the creature character. Off, you know, and then well, he, isn't uh, number twenty <clears throat> is that first issue in this one? Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, that that was written by Len Wein, and they shoot him at the end, and it's like, oh, he's dead. And right. The, oh, the the first one in this is yeah, is, is, is a Len, Len Wein. Yeah, it's a oh, Len Wein. Anatomy Lesson is the first the first Alan Moore. So it's like the setup. Uh, Ween sets it up for more to like be like. Uh, not, uh, no, this is no. It's written, written by Alan Moore. Written by Issue Alan Moore. Is oh, is Alan it? Moore. Yes. Yeah. I thought yeah. Ween had something to do with it. Uh, he was the editor. Oh, okay, yeah, he was okay, the okay. editor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So well, you know, it, at, at least they were um, pretty conscious to let when Ween kind of put help put a, a bow on on the story that he and, and well and, 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 and I, I believe if you, if you read the the forward, the forward. by len ween mm-hmm. the forward in, in this collection is by him he talks about sort of the evolution of it from the very beginning of it and then it, it sort of went away and then he was doing other stuff and then they had uh they had the idea of bringing the character back and and i think len actually picked alan moore uh, he or was involved in picking Alan Moore to to, to bring him back and and write it and everything. So wow. uh, after the first nineteen issues or whatever yeah. that they had done, but um, oh, and another thing that people may want to uh, uh, be aware of or maybe didn't even know that uh, these were DC proper. This was yes. there there was no Vertigo whenever this was written, and it's been folded into Vertigo 
you know, after mm. after it was already published. This uh, Swamp Thing kind of spawned Vertigo in, in a lot yeah, of Yeah, I mean, you had John Constantine showed mm-hmm. up in Spawn, and that's where he, you know, first came from. Elmore created that mm-hmm. character, and yeah, it, it took off from there. And, and I mean, because it really didn't fit in. I mean, later in this collection, you see characters like the Demon and the Justice, Justice League, League yeah. and it's very weird to me. It was very strange to get to that, and all of a sudden, the Justice League pops up in this book. And later, it, Batman shows up, not yeah, in this collection, but Batman will show up. Show up, and, up, yeah. and it's very strange almost because. I guess going at it from backwards, back yeah, backwards. <laughs> it's like oh, I, I, it's just weird to see that happen. It's but a vertigo, but yeah, yeah, basically. But um, yeah, if you don't, I mean, if you don't know about the Swamp Thing at all, like Tom said, it, it, originally it was a character that sort of a very comic book origin of a, a scientist who there was an explosion and he's turned into this. It's like creature. what would happen to uh, the Flash if he was in a swamp? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he turns into the Swamp Thing, but Elmore retcons that and says no he's he's not he's he's a plant he's this living plant for whatever reason and and uh i thought that was that was brilliant that it was not the idea of the chemicals affecting the man and then mixing with the plants it it took the man kind of out of the equation it was the chemicals affected the 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 plants plants. and they absorbed his consciousness and i thought that was what a what a brilliant way to to reinvent that character but like Tom said in the first issue, they they shoot and kill him, uh, uh, and uh, he is then collected up by uh, this guy, this uh, corporation, basically industrialist. And, yeah, industrialist, and and he puts him in uh, in cold storage uh, to examine him or whatever, and he. Uh, that that's the second issue, the anatomy lesson, which everybody always talks about. That issue, and it's, it's a phenomenal a, issue. That's a great um, Saul Bass. Yes, the, 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 the mm-hmm. sort of logo uh, of that issue. Um, and this is probably my second favorite issue in the book. But uh, the industrious, and I can't remember his name, the guy that that captures the swamp thing or whatever. Um, he hires. Uh, a character called the Floronic Man, who is also a botanist or biologist or whatever the fuck, but he also happens to be. And was do you know Tom? Was he a character? He was a character before this, right? Jason was, Woodrow. Jason yeah. Woodrow. He was the Floronic Man before this. So yep. he brings in this character uh, to sort of study uh, the, the Swamp Thing, and um, as we find out later on, Woodrow is uh, fascinated by the Swamp Thing, and and he's a, a sort of a plant. Based, yeah, well, it's like Swamp Thing, sort of like the pinnacle of what Woodrow want, man yeah, wants. wants to be. Yeah. He, he wants to be, yeah, he's, he wants to be, he wants to leave his humanity behind. And it's really an interesting throughout the first, I don't know, five or six issues of this, maybe even seven. Um, you have this sort of paradox between Swamp Thing coming to terms with the, with the fact that he is he has no humanity, that he he's not human, he never was human, and then you have the Floronic Man who who on the opposite side of it is trying to get rid of his humanity and become what the swamp thing is, uh, which is a plant God kind of, or the, you know, in touch mm-hmm. with what Alan Moore comes up with is the green, which is sort of, I don't know, nature, yep. you know, yep. whatever the earth, the planet, all that the kind green. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. The green. Um, and so you sort of follow these two things, uh, along uh, these two characters along, uh, in the second issue, the Floronic man, um, decides to sort of backstab his employer and uh accidentally he 
he um, releases the Swamp Thing because everyone thinks he's dead, but he's not. He's just frozen. He's cold. If you you know you you, he, you can't kill him because he's not alive technically. Um, but uh, in in fucking over his boss, basically, he he accidentally um, defrosts the frost the, the Swamp Thing and lets him go. Um, and it the, this issue is just a beautiful homage to sort of you know old time horror stories. I mean, it's set up with you know precision of that twist ending mm-hmm. of how the Woodrow you know is telling you this whole story as you're going along. He's narrating the issue of 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 him being hired, and it has a very Hitchcock feel to it, where you know he's. The whole time you know he's gonna you know what he's gonna do and he's just sort of telling you what's going on or what happened before this moment that he basically kills uh, this industrialist um, almost uh, almost accidentally but um, and it's just I mean, it's just a it's it's a, a phenomenally written issue and once again from a guy that you know probably hadn't really done that much up into that point in comics uh, and to come in you know and and do that his second issue, uh, ever for DC is just so yeah. impressive. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a modern <clears throat> classic, you know. As, yeah. as it was, as it was written. I also love the uh, uh, the title of the uh, the first issue. It was called Loose Ends. Loose Ends. And, and then tie that and shit up. Tie it up. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you talked about uh, Swamp Thing and realizing that he wasn't human. And as as the story goes on, we start to learn that 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 being human maybe isn't as important as your humanity and and uh woodrue or or the floronic man is trying to completely abandon his humanity he wants to join the green right and then we see that overlap and flip back at the end of the story where where swamp thing finds that he does have a place in the world and and kind of in a weird way kind of discovers rediscovers his humanity that way where uh, the Floronic Man. Well, it comes to at, terms at the end, with his, yeah. uh, his existence. Yeah, his plus. His existence, yeah. And where uh, the Floronic Man is at the very end, he's he's grasping desperately to get his humanity back. and Or the pretense of it. The pretense, yeah, yeah. Of his humanity to save his own sort and of he becomes, skin. And it becomes, yeah, his, and, and, and skin is, is, a huge, is a huge theme in this with him. And he really just kind of turns into a character that's that's pitied by the Justice League. Yeah, there's well, there's that scene of Superman putting his cape on around his shoulders and yeah. they're walking him off. But going back to this, the anatomy lesson, which I think is just a perfectly titled issue because in it, you have more dissecting who the Swamp Thing is, what he is. And this is where he retcons, you know, the origin of the Swamp Thing. And you find out that he's not uh, Alec. Uh, Alec Holland. Holland. Alec Holland. Um, and, and he's a plant. He's, a, you know, he's purely a plant. He's got, he, do, he does this great thing of like, he, Woodrow's examining him. He's doing a, 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 a what do you call it? Um, an autopsy. An autopsy, sorry. Uh, on the Swamp Thing. And as he's learning things, you're learning things of like, he's got, Lungs, but they're not real lungs. They're made out of fibers, plant fibers, and stuff like that. They couldn't actually function. His heart isn't real. Yeah. It's all. It's all this sort of. Um, it's kind of like building a person out of Legos. It's an affectation. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's an affectation of what humanity is. It's what the plant thought he was. They're supposed to be. There's supposed he, to be a heart here. They're so right. There's supposed will, to be a yeah. brain. There's supposed to be. And he goes through all these things and shows us. And at the same time, Moore is is dissecting the mythology of the Swamp Thing and, and saying, yeah, it's not he's not what you thought he was anymore. 
anymore. He's something else. He's something different. So that's why it's just a phenomenal issue. Um, I love the uh, the revelation whenever they exhume his wife's body because they're trying to trying to find out what the chemicals did. To oh Alec yeah, Holland yeah. That that turned him into the Swamp Thing, and so they test they exhume her body because she was there and around the chemicals. They assume that. There would be something, you know, affecting her, and that's yeah. sort of yeah. You realize like, wait, it didn't affect, affect tissue. Him. It doesn't affect. It had nothing to do with. It him. couldn't affect human tissue. It couldn't yeah. affect. It, yeah, it, it affected not, the plants. Right. Yeah. Um, another thing in this issue was then once the swamp thing uh, wakes up, um, and he kills this industrialist, and he he gets out and everything. Uh, the next issue uh, is a is um. A lot of these dream sequences. Uh, the Swamp Thing is sort of, he's pulled back from reality and he has uh, gone back to the swamp now and he's become a plant. I mean, he's solely a plant. He's, he's rooted in himself. This, yeah, there's this phenomenal uh, full page, uh, full page spread of him in the swamp just grown into the the rest of the the uh plants there and it's just gorgeous uh how how uh um the artist i can't think of the artist's name now. oh steve Bissett. Bissett uh mm-hmm. did and and i was actually talking to tom about this like i got the feeling in reading this that Bissett really liked drawing swamp thing not so much everybody Anything else, else yeah. he kind of rushed through everybody else a little bit here and there swamp thing though man he took his time on some pa- on, yeah. on a lot of pages of swamp thing this but- has this has some of my maybe least favorite pages and most favorite pages you know <laughs> in a book it's like yeah and then ooh, um yeah Todd was the the anchor right uh yes yeah um yeah i mean there's the, these great scenes of of the swamp thing you know in the earth and just you know meshing with the rest mm-hmm. of the plant life and basically uh you know, just it's pulling away from man. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, he look. He just looks like a mound of of growth, like, uh, and swamp, oh, uh, and moss, and p- pirates of the pirates of the Caribbean. But uh, uh, the, the whenever they would like grow oh, the yeah, whole of the ship. That's right, kind of what right. it reminds yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, the, as the story goes, we're we're finding more uh, about um, uh, Woodrow. He's now. Uh, Obsessed with the swamp thing, Woodrow. 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 Sorry, yeah. um, well, and, it was Woodrow, but he yeah. changed his name to Woodrow. Woodrow the Rue the vegetation. And he uh, he's now sort of like camped out in the swamp, and he's still trying to examine the swamp thing and figure out how to become more like him. And and he he's assuming that he can somehow use. Uh, this for his own advantage, for his, you know, to turn turn into you know what he wants to be. But at the same time, you're dealing with these dream sequences of what the swamp thing is going through. Uh, you know, I guess you know, just sort of his dreams, or since he's not human, he's not. You know, it's hard to say what he. Well, what he's I, going I think he's. I think he's completely. But it's memories, well, and, he's, and he's, he's completely detached himself from his humanity, and 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 he's being absorbed into the earth, and and. It's yeah. It is almost kind of like this acid dream of. of but him. but I thought they were really effective. I thought the that um, a lot of times dream sequences to me don't work all that well. They seem to be too Dreamy. like like too abstract or ethereal. Yeah, you know, they don't they don't actually they, they let you guess. Yeah, they don't tell a story very effectively. Where I thought these did both. It gave you the atmosphere that you 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 know. They, it didn't come out and say anything uh, very on the nose, but at the same time, you got 
a, a clear understanding of the, you know how he's trying to his mind is trying to accept the idea that he's not human and he's he's sort of going through his history but it's not really his history it, you know it's it's blended with you know weird psychedelic and and you know astral sort of things. tubers yeah <laughs> tubers yeah he grows tubers, these weird man. tubers psychedelic tubers um i and, love the um kind of going back to whenever he had he at the beginning when he had rooted himself and and abby and matt right um they they find him in the swamp and it's not like swamp thing was like a, a handsome strapping man before this happened right. he was always swamp thing he was always this this the swamp creature but it's it's gone to a new level and abby is is horrified because there are bugs crawling oh, in and out of his body and it's well she still sees him as human as she a man, thinks yeah. him as, as as a deformed man or something and he's got uh, stuff crawling in him but he's not yeah. he, you know it's and that's you know another uh effective tool by more of of you know telling us that he's not human anymore he's not once we're and yeah abby um because I, I haven't read the other the first nineteen issues of this, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, Abby is just that character that I don't know how was she. How is she? You know, what's the relationship between them? Do you guys know? Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. But she's just sort of the. I got the feeling that initially she was just sort of that trope of you know the the damsel, damsel in distress. distress. Yeah. But as this story progresses, it becomes a sort of strange. She has a fascination with Swamp Thing, and she finds... It gets stranger. Yes, it gets stranger Stranger. and stranger. And she finds, like, the humanity in him that she can't find in in Matt, her own... I mean, uh, there's really... You you feel that there is a romance between the two of them in in a lot of ways. There's a lot of... (laughs) There's a lot of frolicking and walking in the swamp (laughs) and playing in the water and... And that kind of stuff between them, and even between other characters. So there's, there, I don't think I've ever read a book where there's more of the main character just like walking in in swamp, you know, yeah. <laughs> like not else, nothing else just going on, just yeah. like him walking. But for some reason, it fits because it gives it that, um, that I don't. It gives it a certain tone, sure, uh, to it. Uh, but it's sort of like he's not in a rush to do anything. Like yeah, his whole yeah. thing is like he. Kind of, it, it's part of the whole dropping the illusion of being human is that he kind of loses track of that time. sense of time, yeah, yeah like that, in, in, a, in a way, the like concept it, of it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He could just sit there forever. forever. Yeah, he's timeless. Yeah, no, that that's yeah, that's he's exactly great. right. You know, I, I love you know just the the whole atmosphere of the swamp. And if you you look at a swamp, it's um, it is absolutely alive. That there is every square inch of a swamp has life on it or in it, you know, from the the, the micro biological level to the the huge trees. But it's it's mysterious and it's extremely atmospheric. And I think that more Ambiset used that to such great effect in this that it it there are creepy moments that are mm. that are framed by the swamp, but there are these moments of you know extreme livelihood and and right. brightness and beauty and. Yeah, but it's uh, but it's always with this backdrop of mystery to it, and in and what might just be below the surface. Sure, well, Swamp Thing could have like flowers bloom from him, you know, right, when right. he chooses to, you know, like it, it's not like uh, it doesn't have to be like gross, swamp, right? You know, right. like that's not the only limitation to. Well, I like the uh, the one part later on where uh, 
the seasons are changing and mm-hmm. and Abby's like is your are you changing color and yeah. he's like yeah it's you know autumn's coming so you know he's just sort of in tune with, and she sort of laughs it off but yeah I mean he you know he she still even by the end of this she doesn't really accept him. it's still Alec she yeah still he should, it's still Alec, Alec. Yeah. he's still human to some degree or whatever and and he you know by by the end of this he's you know. Uh, I mean, that's sort of the climax of this collection is him coming to complete terms. Swamp thing. Not, he, yeah, there is no there Alec. Is no Alec yeah. um, but as we were going on in this uh, this issue um, in particular, Woodrow at this point has, through um, uh, some sort of experiment with uh, with parts of the Swamp Thing, he's now connected to the green or sort of infected it. Um, and he feels in touch with all of the world. And... and I thought it was kind of a neat way for um, for Alan Moore to tell us or give us some insight as to what the Swamp Thing is like, yeah. or what his abilities are, or you know what he can do without having him actually do it. And if you're familiar with Animal Man, that same concept extends to right. how uh, was it Morrison sort of took a lot of that with how. Yeah. I thought about Animal, Animal Man a lot re- in yeah, reading of this. how Animal Man relates to the world around him. It's like took, a field, like a unified yeah, field. Very of, much took a lot from how Moore visualized Swamp Thing yes. reacting to the rest of the world. Around. Yeah. So if you're familiar with Animal Man, it's the same. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of those, I, I feel very much, I mean, they call it the red. You know? Right. Like, right I mean, <laughs> it's not like Morrison isn't saying that it came from this but yeah right. if you're familiar with that idea that's very much the same uh, the, thing, yeah. yeah one one of the kind of weird and kind of moments was when uh uh when Woodrow is Woodrow. eating Woodrow thank you is eating uh the tuber the two psychedelic tubers man it, is that does that have anything to do with his evolving powers is that he's actually consuming Part of the Swamp Thing? Well, Swamp Thing has a thing, and it comes up later, that he can grow... Anyone who eats these tubers mm-hmm. has, like, a psychedelic trip. trip. Right. Like, Abby does it at some point. Some sort Everyone, of connection to yeah, the, like to the green. That's with, fucking weird, Yeah, man. he can grow a tuber. <laughs> well, it's like I, mushrooms. I don't spoil or, you any, know, yeah. I'm not going to spoil any further part, but it becomes a thing where, like, you can eat a tuber off a Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Take a trip with him. You that's know, pretty like, funny. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> oh, that's fucking wild. <laughs> One of the things I uh, um, I did uh, think about when reading this is, is is Woodrow and like thinking about him as a character and like what what it would be like to to want to be a plant as opposed to a hum- human so badly and like thinking like why he wants that why you know why does he want that. I think it's funny Can, because his vision of like, it's like the thing of like, oh, you won't have like pain or any of that stuff. But it's funny because so much of what Swamp Thing goes goes through is like recapturing all of that. Like the, the the idea of like forming relationships with people mm-hmm. and like the things that. I Made. think Woodrow wants to avoid or like I, I, I separate think, himself, think, yeah. even though it has nothing to do. It, it he, turns he out it thinks, has nothing to do with what you. I think what it was more are. of a hatred right. of humanity, as, yeah. uh, and and that's how that that came. He hated humanity so well, yeah, much I, that he wanted to be on the other side. He's you know? it's like he's he for whatever reason he looked at it as like like plants were cold and and scientific. Yeah, and there, you know, like if, in, if he could live like that, he would leave the pain of his humanity behind. But then, you know, 
Everything like Swamp Thing does is the opposite. The opposite yeah. The exact, yeah, these two characters are the exact opposites of, of one another, even though they're so closely intertwined. But um, I just, I don't know, I was just sort of fascinated by the Floronic Man uh, mm-hmm. and, and Moore's ta- you know, ability to take this sort of two-bit yeah. you know, villain and turn him into a the whole thing really... The Swamp Thing is that everything is so vibrant with him and like, yeah. he's more, li- once he accepts it, what he is, he's more alive yeah. than he was before. Yeah. Like in all the ways that Woodrow wants to avoid. Yeah, you know, Woodrow yeah. doesn't want any of this stuff, <laughs> probably, that Swamp Thing is able to experience. Woodrow thinks that having access to it will give him power or right. manipulation, right. but that's not how it works. Swamp Thing looks at yeah. it or how it works or how. At the end of this issue, he does become in, in touch with the green, and, and I thought it was kind of neat or kind of interesting that. Um, he sort of, and I, they didn't really ever answer this, but like Woodrow feels like the Green tells him what to do, like he has yeah. to go and destroy humanity. But it seems by the end of it that it wasn't really the Green telling him that; it was just him wanting that and using, you know, using the Green to to ha- get his own way, kind it's of thing. Like but, a religious fanatic. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah where he's God just, told he's, me to do it. Right, right. So I'm serious. But there is yeah. a connection. He does have a connection to the green, and we see later on mm-hmm. that he, you know, that they, they are, you know, the or they, the green, whatever it is, is using him, is powering him, you know, is helping him accomplish these goals. So I thought that was kind of interesting that. I think uh, you know. I don't know. I don't. Is it Woodrow? Is it the Green? Is it a combination of both? Who's? But you can kind of look at the Green as a character in and of itself. Of right. Like, there's different facets to what it's. You know, like the idea of like if people weren't around, plants would just overgrow everything. Right. You know that ex- that sort of That's thing exists. A reality. That's yeah. a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, in the world, and it sort of exists within Swamp Thing, and sort of exists within Woodrow. But Woodrow is such. You know. He's got his. He wants to overgrow everything because he wants to kill. He hates humanity. Humanity yeah, so I mean, badly. That's like, yeah. I I just always well, thought it, of it, it as kind of like it, it's all about uh, like the swamp thing is more. It's it's tough to say because the the nature of of what the green is. It's like this weird passive but not passive. Mm-hmm. type thing well it's like it's it passive because it has doesn't have a choice but now that woodrow's sort of infected it, it yeah it, it's it becomes, becomes yeah it has Here, an outlet here's for it, maybe know. another way to look at it is that is that woodrow was in touch with the green but was still partly human he hadn't you know his in his self had not completely surrendered to the green or been taken over by it so you have all of this input from the green, but you still have the aggressive human nature that right, Woodrow red, could never the, the get flesh. rid of, yeah. and so it was this misdirected use of this. No, that's power, yeah, that's you know? probably a good, uh, um, a good analogy of it. Um, next issue is swamp thing. is a swamp more swamp <laughs> thing, um, and we're still dealing with uh, the swamp thing, trying to figure out what the fuck he is or who he is or you know that kind of thing, and he then he comes in contact with. Woodrow's uh, red mass that's infected the green, and he doesn't know what it is, but he's starting to figure it out. And uh, and it, you know, Woodrow once again now is the catalyst of 
of bringing Swamp Thing out of this, uh, yeah. you know, this coma that he's kind of putting himself in. And is this is this the issue where we're really introduced to the concept of red and green, of what the green yeah. is and what the red yeah, is or could be? He, he doesn't get into it in much detail. He gives you sort of just an over, you know, it, it's sort of like as you're reading it, you're. You're reading it from the perspective of either Rudrew or Swamp Thing, so a lot of it's just assumed they they know what it is. It's because it's sort of inherent in what they are, but they never, you know, he never like sits down and just says, "This is what it is." This yeah. is, it's but like, yeah, this is sort of the issue where that mm-hmm. concept is where red is humanity and industrialization, and, yeah, and, and aggressiveness and mm-hmm. all that stuff, and um, so yeah, that that plays out a lot, and and as this. <laughs> issue progresses woodrue is going on his campaign of basically destroying humanity of mm-hmm. you know he's he's making all you know plant life just overgrow everything and attack and you know he's he's takes over a town basically and um covers all the buildings in in that was fucking creepy yeah and to the whole the whole scene where you know the town folk go into the into their houses and and there's even a, a narration box that says and and most of them were more than happy to do it because they thought they would be safer in their houses right. and they you know didn't know that he was sending them to their death and he grows this vegetation over, over. their houses and basically floods the houses with oxygen right over oxygenates <laughs> right. them and then it's a spark it's a lighter it's a you know anything and and house you know the houses start to blow up because of oxygen and and the the concept is that if they do nothing but you know if all the plants in the world just pr- produce oxygen it will kill off all of humanity we can't live not just humanity all animal life. all animal yeah. life like all yeah yeah you're right it's all animal life and there'll be nothing left but plants so that's woodrow's goal and he starts this town and and it's at, like being in one big ass vegas casino we're just gonna pump it so full yeah. of oxygen no. <laughs> um and uh and in this issue we have um uh, abby who's now uh freaking out because this stuff's happening and she goes running back to the swamp looking for the swamp thing and but he's still in his you know vegetative state you know. and uh, but it is her that sort of helps bring him out of it uh, as well as as his um coming to grips with things but it's really her in danger uh that touches on his false humanity again or or you know whatever well, it, it kind of becomes apparent that she is his tether to humanity she is that yeah. one string that that keeps him connected well and i think it's just a i think it's almost reflex too it's like he can't he hasn't to this point dropped all the pretense of that he was human it's still there mm-hmm. um it's you know it's still inside him somewhere and so it's sort of reaction when she's in danger that he's going to save her i mean and so he busts out of the uh uh out of the rooted state and and this is the where we see the scene where she you know she looks at him a bit differently because he's you know he's much more overgrown now and mm-hmm. and uh, even more monstrous looking but uh, and she asks you know alec and he says no not alec and he walks off and so this is the first time that you know he's stated that he's not alec anymore he's yeah. he's not human he's pissed right now, and he's very way. pissed yeah he's very <laughs> pissed about uh about what woodrow's doing so he goes marching off in search of him and uh in the meantime woodrow's just like terrorizing townsfolk and yeah. <laughs> killing well, people and we actually I mean, we actually started get a good explanation when uh swamp thing finally confronts him 
you know, where he's like, this isn't the way of the, this isn't the way of the wilderness. Right. As we get in the next issue and he's like, he shows him, if you kill all the humans who is going to convert all the oxygen back right. to what we need, you know, this isn't, this is, it's you a symbiotic effect. relationship. Yeah. It's, we need each of us. And, and Woodrow starts crying like a little well, and that's, bitch. And that's, and that's the point where he doesn't only explain it to Woodrow, but it's like he explains it to the green mm-hmm. and then the green pulls away from Woodrow and now he's lost his connection and yeah he just starts freaking out and crying and and uh yeah I, and, I think that that is the theme and the Justice League shows up and, the, <laughs> and then yes. well they don't show up yet the next issue yeah. they they sit around the uh the uh whatever the hell satellite, the satellite, satellite. and how many how many discuss, how many feet above the earth uh I don't know oh, Tom you should know 10,000 top of my head you should know something that. yeah well in the next issue um we have uh Woodrow's actions are being broadcast in the Justice League in their in their satellite pick it up and they basically spend the entire issue discussing what they can't do <laughs> and, and 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 how they can't really do anything to yeah. to fight this guy they don't know what to do and I really two things I like about it. one I I just like the idea of in this sort of situation the Justice League is powerless they what, don't are they going to go punch the yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> they don't they don't know what you know these but the other thing I really like is is Moore's uh, take on Superman. He writes him much smarter than most people write Superman. Much more intelligent yeah. Oh, yeah. and kind of a dick. He's, he's a, like, he's oh a, yeah, don't you know you could do you're like right? when Firestorm <laughs> yeah. is like, can I just turn it all into this? And he's like, well, do you know how many oxygen molecules <laughs> yeah. are there? Because well, I could count them if you want. You know, yeah, he's like, yeah, just kind of <laughs> like an edge of dickishness. Right, right. It's, a, it's a little brainiac too. A little there, bit, yeah. a little yeah. bit. So I thought I, I just kind of like that. But so we see the Justice League just sort of stand around and, and discuss. How they are going to be ineffective? In yeah, this there world. was there was the very uh, Denny O'Neill Green Arrow comment of you know we're there to take care of Manhattan and Who's Metropolis, take care of Lacroix, you know <laughs> Lacroix, Louisiana. Yeah. It's like wow, Denny Denny O'Neill write that. Um, and and then uh, you know, at the same time, Swamp Thing confronts Woodrow and and uh, and like Tom said, you know he explains to him and the green that this isn't the way, you know, this isn't going to work. This isn't a solution. This isn't, uh, it's going to be the downfall of, of everything. So Woodrow, you know, basically just wanders back off into the swamp powerless and everything kind of goes back to normal. I did, I did like the chainsaw, uh, the whole chainsaw thing where like some guy attacks Woodrow with a chainsaw and then Woodrow picks it up and, and he sort of talks about how, uh, the chainsaw, you know, is used to cut down trees all the time. So it's very symbolic that he's going to start cutting people down, you know, with it. And well, I think that gets back to, you know, here he is, this plant creature that is using a human weapon. And, and it just kind of underscores that, you know, it, it is that aggressive human nature of yeah. his. But, you know, I, I think that... You know, you know what? I mm-hmm. While you bring that up, the, one of the other things I kind of thought about is like, is Woodrow sort of a commentary on environmentalists to some degree? <laughs> you know, I almost saw him as like people who think they know what's best for people who think nature that, or people the who planet. Think that like we're committing our existence is a crime, right? Yeah. And and but you know they they use it as an excuse for their own sort of you know. I could see that. Yeah. A little bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just kind of got that feeling a little I bit. I could see that, uh, with well, You know, it's working in extremes, and, and I, really, yeah. I really feel like the, the theme of this first story is that there has to be a balance between man and, and nature. And nature. And, you know, it was the, yes, we, we produce the carbon dioxide that, that plants 
breathe and they give us the oxygen and without the two it neither mm -hmm. one can can live and i really felt like that was the theme of this first arc yeah and that's sort of what swamp <clears throat> you know swamp thing is this sort of perfect blend yeah. he's the purest humanity because it's only like an ide idealized view because it's not real it's just what he you know like remembers of humanity and then you know he's a plant so mm -hmm. it's it, he is that perfect balance kind of so plant plant man swamp thing um, <laughs> you just love saying that swamp thing swamp thing then you have the great the great you know yeah uh, at the end of the issue woodrow goes back to his little swamp Hut ship thing, thing yeah. that he's built and uh, the green lantern and, and superman show up when everything's done and they haven't done anything and uh and he's trying to to put his skin back on but he uses what, this paint what is the what latex it's a, it's a, yeah it's the what flexi skin or what yeah some, i don't know what the skin in a can it's skin very, in a can it's, very, it's skin in the can fucking ron popeel but at this point he's he's become so deformed and and uh he can't cover up he used to be able to cover yeah. up and look human and now he can and and superman and green lantern just sort of Pit, you know, yeah. take pity like, on them, and, and yeah, they just usher them off. And did, did they even say um, Arkham? What question? Uh, mark? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that showed that plays into a later story. Oh, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. Like, he yeah. shows, Floronic Man shows up again. Oh, and there is my favorite page in this. Collection. The Swamp Thing. It's the. Uh, it's. Uh, I think this was done on the cover of or redone for the cover of one of the the trades the, mm -hmm. that came out. It's him in the swamp with the sun behind him and his arms raised up. Uh, like I said, I mean, there's panels in here with Bissette drawing the swamp thing, with just gorgeous, amazing, amazing detail. And, and then, then he gets and then, this and stuff. And then he draws you know, uh, Firestorm's face. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's what's good. Yeah, yeah, you can tell what he likes but to draw that, and what, that what is, he doesn't. That is an absolutely beautiful page. Yes, yes, it is. The the end of this story arc is Swamp Thing kind of comes to grips with everything and and you can he just looks at one with the world and it's it's a, it's a very powerful page yeah he, uh, he's beautiful at this point he's he's basically come to grips with you know that he's not human but there's a certain humanity in instilled in him and yeah he's you get the feeling that he's a much more powerful character than he once was because of his and I don't mean powerful in the sense of like there's nothing holding him back now. He yeah. doesn't have to try and reclaim or look for a cure. Right. It's he is what he is. What he is. Yeah, and he can move forward. And, and, and that's you know Moore's entire goal of this. You know these first five mm -hmm. or six issues was yeah. okay. He's free, well, he's free now. Yeah. And and uh, I thought I thought this first story arc was great. Um, but it didn't end there. The the collection doesn't end there. And then it goes into. Uh, the next story arc, which the next issue is probably my favorite issue. It's um, fucking creepy, dude. Oh, it's extremely <laughs> this is, creepy. This is where it becomes a horror book again. Yes. Um, and uh, I absolutely love this issue. It's basically about uh, this little demon creature called the Monkey King who has... <laughs> and, and I love this concept, and this could be a story on, all on its own, but he, this demon has basically tricked uh, this couple into using a Ouija board... Uh, and spelling out whatever spell to release him. And then he goes on and kills the family, which then um, triggers this whole series of events. And this all happened in the past, and we're told this um, sort of in flashbacks. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, 
the family's killed, and except their son, for, yeah. except for their son, uh, who they say is autistic, but I don't know if he was before or they just assume he is autistic after this happens because of the tragedy. I don't know. But the son's put into this uh, home for, for troubled youth, mm-hmm. and Abby is going to work at that home. Um, and so this whole series of events happens, but in the beginning of the book, you have uh, this this character, this traveler, this traveler, mysterious traveler shows up in town, and he does this fucking freaky, creepy shit. He, <laughs> this where he runs into characters and basically tells them that you know you, when they're going to die, and yeah. and it could be in three hours, you know, it could be thirty years, or whatever. But you know, there's a series of him running into characters and and basically telling them his their futures and they're not good futures yeah and as you go through the story you realize that all this stuff is intertwined all these events are intertwined in time and he seems to know it all and you're not sure about him in the beginning at first i i didn't uh know who he was i didn't realize who he was um and i wasn't sure if he was a good guy a bad guy or what the hell he yeah, was you definitely get the feeling that he's a bad guy yeah so, you, you know, yeah it's you like, feel you know, I'm, I'm coming and hell's coming with me kind i mean of there's character. even there's even a a, a passage where it says when he's checking in the hotel and it says the devil checked in at noon so you you assume he's a, an evil character um and as the story progresses we like i said abby uh is playing in the swamp she's frolicking in the swamp playing <laughs> playing jaws with swamp thing as this he pulls her into the frolicky scene. yes it's a very frolicky scene uh but but as we find out she goes to work at this school or this uh this home where this boy whose parents were killed Paul, Paul yeah uh in the past um and he's an autistic uh a kid and um right off the bat you know more sets up this kind of creepy weird you know just like I don't think I could ever work in a uh, a place like this I would have a hard time dealing with it um for one especially kids it was just you know like the idea that uh a kid is sort of i don't want to say out of control but uh unpredictable like that like like these kids are and and sometimes dangerous it's you know an adult's one thing but a kid it's like what do you do you know what if, oh, yeah. if you're they're in so, a situation yeah, where they're, a kid, they're innocent and defenseless right. but but yeah. at the same time it could pull a butcher knife on you and yeah. hack you to t- you know yeah, it's like and it's like uh so he's and these kids are are uh are tormented by the monkey king and, and it's, I, I really felt like this uh this story was incredibly influenced by the exorcist uh yeah you got that yeah i mean with because the, they, with the they, character yeah. that uh, at the beginning yeah with the, paul and, and even blood yeah okay okay yeah i mean i guess this is spoiler rific it's jason blood it's jason the, blood the, the but demon even, let me uh there's even there's even a panel as he's foot back a couple pages where he's checking into the hotel oh with jason blood yeah i mean right there at the very bottom that's, uh-huh. that's almost like a scene out of the exorcist yeah the house a little bit yeah, 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 yeah. i can see that with that suitcases jb um uh but yeah he introduces paul and and paul's got this weird thing about spelling which i thought was really fascinating sort of a double entendre i kept 
saying if you don't spell correctly, the the monkey king will come for you. And and when I first read it, I was like, is he talking about spelling a word or spells like magic? Yeah. And 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 it's it's both, you know. Um, but you know, he show he he shows these pictures that this kid's been drawing. These really fucked up pictures of people getting hacked up and torn apart by the monkey king and. Uh, have you like, seen oh, the Monkey King sound? <laughs> no, I haven't run into the Monkey King. Have you seen the Monkey King? Um, Abby's like you. She's like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I very much felt uh, I was very empathetic of her at that time because it was like I, I would have a hard time uh, dealing, you know, in that situation. It would be, you know, difficult. But um, and then at the same time, you have Abby dealing with Matt, who we haven't really talked about at this point. And I don't. I'm assuming this was sort of set up earlier in the series, but Matt, her boyfriend or fiance, husband, husband, husband. Um, seems to have some strange powers, magical They're, kind of yeah, powers yeah. that seem to be sort of corrupting his mind. And he uh, he's very jealous of the time that Abby spends with um, Alec. with yeah. Alec and and just away from him. And he conjures up these. Uh, manifestations of her doing very naughty things for him and uh and he's just as the story goes on he's getting worse and worse and oh, creepier yeah. and creepier and, and he's the uh, ultimate jealous husband who yeah. instead of you know going to the whorehouse he's making his own yeah he's know, conjuring his own his own whores so um that story is going on at the same time and and their relationship is getting tenser and tenser and she's uh Running every time they get in a fight, she runs off to the swamp. Uh, just hang out, yeah, hang on, <laughs> eat some tubers and and chill. I'm gonna with go the frolic. Um, and, and then as the story progresses a little bit, we we find out that the monkey king is this demon and and the whole Ouija board thing. Which, like I said, the, the whole idea that a demon uses a Ouija board to trick people into releasing him is just awesome. That is a <laughs> Fucking awesome, brilliant Gotta idea. Use those Ouija boards. Oh, it's just, uh, it's just. I mean, I could just see a movie, a whole, you know, series of shit. But I think um, there was a movie called Ouija Board. Was there probably? Oh, yeah. a, um, <laughs> don't play it alone. But the monkey. That was King, it. That was, don't play it alone. Don't play it alone. <laughs> you guys ever have you guys ever messed with the Ouija board? Oh yeah, yeah they're pretty. Sure. They're pretty wasn't fun. much else to do in Southern Illinois. Yeah, well, um, they are freaky. If you're uh, like, uh, you know, <laughs> when you're 15 and fucking around with a Ouija board with your friends and. They could freak you out. But um, the Monkey King, uh, we find out, is this demon that, for whatever reason, and I never got a clear understanding of it, but for whatever reason, he um, he's latched on to Alec. Or n- not Alec, Paul, Paul. the kid. Uh, and Because the Monkey King needs a master. He has to, I guess, have a, a human master for him to stay in this plane, realm? is how I'm understanding. Okay. He, yeah, he has to have... He's almost like a parasite, I guess. Is that he? Has and he lives to- off of fear. He 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 he's in this home and he's yeah. sucking all the f- uh, or living off all the fear yeah. that these kids uh, have in them, and actually uh, a manifesting fear in them and and, yeah. and growing in them. But I, I believe that Paul is is his connection to this plane, and because okay. he keeps saying that the Monkey King has to have a master, master right, right. Um, and then and then. Uh, then we see like these weird events that were talked about in the earlier in the book that Jason Blood sort of alluded to come to fruition. People being <laughs> speared by a uh, 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 swordfish. swordfish and and these bizarre things and um, and we find out uh, 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 by the end of the issue we find out that 
Um, oh no, we don't actually. We don't find out yet who Jason Blood is. If you don't know, I didn't know. It's, a, who it's Jason at the very, the very end. It's the it's the cliffhanger. It? Yeah, it's no, not this issue. It's the oh, next thought, issue. Are you sure? Yeah, you know who issue. Jason? I mean, if you know, I didn't know who Jason Blood was. I didn't realize. Okay. I probably did it one time. I just didn't know oh. while I was reading this that he's the demon Etrigan. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm like, I still up until the end of this issue, I didn't know that that yeah. was him. I still didn't know who this guy was. I started to get the sense that he was hunting for the Monkey King. Yeah. Uh, well, all these confluence to... of events that he's predicted basically lead him to meeting Abby. Right. Yeah. Which and, is the... uh, and then in the next issue, um, we find out uh, Abby's realized that something's not right, that something's going on at this school. There's something, you know, terrorizing the kids. So, of course, she runs to the swamp and... He already knows, so they go yeah. back to the the home and uh, uh, confront. That's uh, a great, great scene, by the way. Is which whenever, one? They, whenever they get to the home, and it it's they they both realize that it's too late. They can just feel right. that that shit has hit the fan, and they're too late. Yeah, whatever, by these, whatever this bad time, is like happening, all the, happen. all the kids are are terrorized, and and they're just their fear just keeps growing oh. and growing and growing. The, the and, one uh, with the uh, with the girl that had been sexually abused by her yeah. father. Oh, that was and uh, um, at the same time, Matt's insecurities are growing, and he's mm-hmm. becoming more and more sort of angry about Abigail and why she's not her home and why she doesn't perform sexually for him and all this other stuff. But um, he's eating tubers, dude. He's she's eating tubers. <laughs> why are you why does your breath why, smell like tuber again? Why do you smell like tuber? <laughs> um let me smell your breath. Uh and by the end of this issue the monkey king has has sort of engrossed himself with so much fear that he's uh he's become extremely powerful now mm-hmm. uh and the swamp thing confronts him but so does another character at the end of this issue, which is now we f- we see the demon and in this end of this issue and the next issue i think is some of the best demon speak oh, i've yeah. ever read oh. just fantastic poetry you know because he speaks in rhyme and uh, alan moore writing etrigan yeah dialogue yeah it's is... just phenomenal i never really care for the demon all that much but i have an alan moore write him i can certainly... can't write the fucking rhyming shit yeah it's yeah because because they just go to like really basic like nursery rhyme yeah. kind of stuff and he's like oh, someone so literary yeah he, he's doing I'll, a phenomenal I'll quote, I'll quote vince that is sex on paper yeah <laughs> yes, it's it very... really good um and then we have uh, Matt uh, uh, gets in a car accident because uh, he's drinking and he decides he's going to go try and help Abby. He gets in a car accident and he's trapped in this car, which leads to uh, the Monkey King um, reaching out to him and his fear because he's mm-hmm. this great amount of fear because he's afraid he's going to die in this car. At the same time, the demon and, and Swamp Thing are fighting the Monkey King and uh um he's trying to I, I didn't I didn't quite understand what he was trying to do with Matt. Uh was it because Matt has these powers himself and he's trying to to pull that in or was you know, it just the it, fear? It, it may be it may be that the monkey was he looking for a new master? Well, I was thinking that he knew that they were on to him and so he may have been trying looking to for a new, new master, master move yeah. on to something else. That that makes sense. Um and then uh basically what happens is Paul is the one that turns the tables on the monkey king and is sick of being afraid and decides that he's not going to be afraid of him anymore and that 
takes away his power and shrinks him down to a little tiny bug, which Etrigan eats, <laughs> which is just awesome. It's um, like chicken. And we also find out a little bit more about Swamp Thing's abilities. He gets his arm chopped off by the demon. He just puts it back on, and <laughs> you can't seem to hurt him or anything. And and uh, um, th- th- this story was much more to me. Uh, just more of a straightforward sort of uh, action, yeah. you know, horror, horror action story. It yeah. wasn't, you know, he wasn't trying to do anything too fancy with it. While, you know, he he certainly played on some stuff and 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 uh, built in a little bit more to the mythology. He, he was just it seemed like he was just having fun with this, you know, bringing the demon in and and, and all that and uh, and just moving the swamp thing forward. And now he can just tell stories like yeah. this and you don't have to do all that other stuff because it's, you know, he already took care of it. Um, some more walking in the swamp with Paul and, and swamp thing. And, uh, we find out, you know, Jason blood, uh, um, and the demon are, are the same character, which at this point I still didn't know because they just oh. still didn't say that. Oh, that's until right. Until the very it end. Didn't seem yeah. transform. He was just, there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, like I said, Matt and the, the Monkey King went after Matt to try and uh, sort of connect with him. Um, and I don't know exactly what happened, but at the end of the issue, Matt pulls up in his car and there's nothing wrong with it. And he's fine. And he picks up Abigail and they and he drive. he was up. fucked up in that car. Actually. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah, teeth missing, bleeding all over the place, internal bleeding. He Yeah, he was going to die. And now he's fine. And he picks Abigail up and drives off. Um so Suspicious. yeah, I, I don't know what. We'll see what so happens. yeah, see what and happens that is, next. And that is the end, and that's of and that's the recap. That's sort of the recap of it. But so now let's talk about it. Uh, yeah, we didn't really <laughs> we didn't really talk about it. Sorry, I I don't know. No, no, it's um, I loved it. It's I uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, it was certainly uh. Uh, certainly a little different Alan Moore I mean obviously this is really early stuff of his while um, I thought it was you know really well done it's it's not uh, it's not the same kind of thing of like you know Watchmen or uh, you know V for Vendetta or his more intricate sort of uh, work Um, this is a bit simpler uh, but at the same time, I think, you know, in 1982, oh, yeah. I don't think, was there anything else like this in mainstream comics? Anything even close to that at that time? I can't imagine that there was really. I mean, what's, what's great about it is that it is, it's kind of like equal parts, classic EC comics and, and old Hitchcock films yeah, and, uh, 1980s like slasher films you know, a little bit of that, but yeah. then, but then it's also Alan Moore's kind of you know high concept, um, high concept work of of you know talking about you know man and nature and and um, you know, with the with the whole thing with the kids and fear and how fear manifests. So it's got some some great high concept stuff, but it's I mean it's it's a horror it's a horror book, but it's it's yeah. just done horror by more horror, horror by, by more yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. And, and I thought, um, it, it's very unique work, uh, because, you know, to take a character that is, you know, sort of a cheesy superhero at one point in the Marvel or in the DC universe and turn him into so much more than that and so much more interesting of a character. Mm-hmm. And, 
and in a, just a completely different sort of vein of anything that was going on, um, I just thought was, you know, like I said, it, when we first started, it was just ballsy by a guy that hadn't done anything in American comics to that point. And, you know, how old how old would he have been at that point? I mean, well, he was probably in his 20s, yeah, probably. You know, it's just... I mean, yeah. you can see why. And, and did this uh, officially? He's talented. Yeah, he yeah he's talented fucking young. talented. He's uh, talented. Did writer. this uh, did this officially become the first um, subpar movie based on a, on an Alan Moore work? Well, I think the movie was made <laughs> before, wasn't it? No, was it based on no. Alan Moore stuff? I don't. It probably. No. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think it was based on the first. The first one. Yeah. Ween, Ween still, and, it still sucked. It yeah. still sucks in comparison. Yeah. Adrian, was it Adrian? Yeah. Barbo, yeah. with her big tits. I, you know, I swampy. I liked a lot of I liked a lot of Bassett and Tottlebaum's work. The art is not the draw for me on this book. I would have loved to have seen Alan Moore work with Bernie Wrightson on that for a while. I yeah, you know, well, I mean, like I said, I thought I thought Bassett did some amazing stuff with Swamp Thing, and obviously he was much more interested in drawing. You know, or it Boy, seemed which, like he was much more interested. In, yeah, not, not so, so much. much. <laughs> but at the same time, I think if you look at some of the uh, the panel layouts and stuff yeah. that he did, it was pretty original, pretty interesting. Uh, a lot of that stuff, I don't know. You know, if Wrightson would have really taken those chances necessarily at yeah the or as a guy or, like writes I, I it'd be interesting to see if alan moore who was kind of um famous or infamous for his incredibly detailed scripts if a guy like writes would 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 take a script like that and go who the fuck do you think you are yeah i don't know well who knows if at that time he was writing scripts <laughs> yeah, like knows, that though i don't knows. know you know i don't know but uh no you know, yeah it was, they, it was only four four or five I, years I, later i, I went watchman so. yeah I went back and forth on it as far as artwork. Like I said, I thought there was some stuff that was awesome, but yeah, there was a lot of you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that was you know, kind of meh. You know, it was it was okay. <laughs> it was yeah. um, it's serviceable for the story. But and I think you saw a lot. I think you I think you saw a lot of that at that time too. Of some of the is Bissett British? Uh, I have no idea. Because I, I, it seems like wouldn't I mean, surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either, especially the style. Because there was a lot of that stuff from like the 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 british you know uh, artist that kind of was a little experimental but at mm-hmm. the same time kind of weak on on the basics you know do you think this was and, um, kind of dc's first experiment with with bringing some some british talent over from like the marvel uk offices i i, I don't know if they had if they had worked with many um, brits before this mm, i have no idea it's, i think it was probably i th- I'm trying to remember I think what it, it might have been the first. The first. He, I mean, Marvel hadn't done it. Yeah, Marvel hadn't done it, yeah. and I think Moore really did was the first guy to come over and his yeah. success. So I'm sure know, someone will get pissed. And I mean, like, yeah. Well, I mean, they had you know like the Filipino artists in the '70s on you know like House of Mystery and that kind of stuff, but I didn't know if uh, if any of the if well, any I mean, of the look, British invasion. Look at it this way too. It's like. We look at Alan Moore now, and it's like, oh, you know, legendary writer. Oh, yeah. They put him on a book that, quite honestly, nobody gave, probably gave a shit about at the time. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. it's like the, he just happened to turn it into something that... Boy, and how long did he go on that book? It was a, it was a long uh, It says in the back here he ran from 83 to 87. Uh, and it's... So he did like 50 issues. Yeah, something like that. And then you got Rick Veach, Dan Day... Later on, uh, which I'm I'm super oh, excited to. Mark Miller. Uh, 
to read the rest of it. I mean, I can't wait till the till the next one comes out because I really enjoyed this a lot. <laughs> that book, Josh, because, Josh because, Dicer, as we said, uh, mm-hmm. it, Swamp Thing ruins your career. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Swamp Thing will be the worst. The thing worst thing you ever, ever did. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, people have been trying to live up to this run on on Swamp Thing, and you know. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm interested in seeing the. Um, there is a, a crisis on infinite Earths issue. Oh, is there? Thing. Yeah. Because oh man, that's so weird. Everyone in the satellite swamp thing is one of the characters, but the Alan Moore issue is he like wanders off and he's like, I don't know why I'm here. And Const- <laughs> John Constantine is there and he's like, Well, there's something you have to do very specifically that's important for you to do, like in the grand scheme of things. And Swamp Thing goes off and and you know and creates that. the vertigo universe <laughs> I mean, but the the thing is it isn't just um the jla that we see in future issues we get all the magical characters show up <laughs> like dr fate like every, pretty much um when it was still a dc book more wasn't afraid to to mix it yeah, yeah. lots of dc characters <laughs> that's awesome get, though i and mean get involved in the in the swamp uh, swamp thing stories there's a great uh, DC Comics presents annual um, the Superman team up title, which is Superman and Swamp Thing, where <laughs> Alan Moore wrote, and Superman gets infected with like a red moss from uh, Krypton. Krypton, and Swamp Thing has to help cure him. And yeah, it's pretty well, cool. Hunt he, it down. It's Hunt a, down the DC. I hope they. I hope they keep coming out with the. Well, they said they I mean, it says on the back of this that they're going to. The entire collection of yeah. Alan Moore's run on it is awesome. going to be in hardcover. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next one. Like I said, I had never re- read this before. Um, I really had never had any interest in the character. I'd always heard a lot about it, but I was like, really? It's a fucking plant guy running around? How yeah. boring could like that, that be? That man thing. I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, man thing. I've never read a man thing issue ever. And Gerber did know. some amazing stuff yeah. with man thing. You know, so. maybe, uh, but. Uh, but Moore's just—I mean—he—he he really is just phenomenal. He—he—he's yeah. look on his look into stuff. You know his perspective. He could make toast interesting. Yeah. Toast man. Oh, yeah. okay, I can do there that. There was a toast man, I think. Well, Wasn't there a toast man? If I don't Alan think Moore wrote it. it was I don't think good. he wrote it, but um, but no, it's 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 an awesome awesome. It's not. It's certainly not my favorite Alan Moore work, um, but it's it's good. I yeah, mean, it's it's, it's it's certainly better than a lot of stuff oh, that sure, uh, you know sure. that's it's out in there. the team picture. Yeah, and I'm I, like I said, I'm really glad that I I waited to read it because there's no way, you know. It, I, I just love his versatility. You guys just on uh, on League of Nobodies did uh, Tom Strong. And yeah, it's like the guy that wrote Tom Strong wrote this. Yeah, you know, it's I love his. Versatility. He can write. Oh, he's just a purely good writer. Yeah, and that's why he's you know the best comic writer ever. He can write anything, and he writes it all good, and it's all entertaining. And he made Wildcats good. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did make well. Yeah. Um, are we are we done yes. with, with this one? Yes, that's probably enough. All right. Know, well, well, Sal, thank you. For, I seem like I just talked the whole time. You guys, you know, no, let good. me just was, ramble. It was, your, on it was this. your pick. I didn't want to, you know. I tried to stop you when I could. <laughs> you can you can hope to contain me, Tom. You I, can't I stop me. Stop you. you no, can't you hope to thank contain you. me. It was, it was a good You're pick a and force of nature. I had actually I had actually picked it up whenever it first came out, and it had been sitting. It had been sitting on my on my bookshelves. I was like, oh, I need to read that. And so I was actually really happy whenever you uh, whenever you picked that. Oh, so. I do want to ask Tom because you've read way beyond this collection in yeah. Swamp Thing, right? Um, does Swamp Thing become much more of sort of like a well, a force of nature, more of a sort of a because I remember reading like a Hellblazer issue with Swamp Thing in it, and at that point he was like he was like this 
plant god or like demi god almost. He was almost sort of like yeah. He could travel um, like you know through the green and yeah, and stuff like that and just he even goes into outer space later. Really? Yeah. Mm. I can't wait to read more, but yeah, it's yeah. cool. Very All right, cool. well, uh, well, Sal, thanks for picking that. Sure. And, uh, thanks uh, once again to uh, InStockTrades. What's your pick, Chris? Enough <laughs> fucking around. Enough uh, rambling. Enough All right, rambling, we man. have we have picked a six hundred page autobiography. Yes. We have picked a, uh, a deeply, deeply complicated, intense, and fun book in the Adventures of Luther Arkwright. Yeah. Wasn't that complicated. Yes, it was. It was very fucking <laughs> complicated. That? The radio play was great. I still got to get you that on CD. And. Um, uh, and now Swamp Alan Moore's thing. Alan Moore Swamp Thing. So I'm going for a little bit of lighter fare. Owly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want it's Legion of Super Friends. It is something I have been wanting to read for a long time, and yeah. uh, and I was like, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity. Dexter's Laboratory, and it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, our next book club selection is Justice League International Volume One. Oh well, that's good. I have the car- I have the hardcovers. So I have the issues. I think I have the issues too. Yeah. So I have always wanted to read the JLI. You've never read, you've never, oh, never read JLI. I, I've read it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's uh, been a long time since I read, I read it when it first came out. But I've always heard of the Bwahaha era Justice League, and uh, you know we talked uh, we talked a little bit about Checkmate last week, and so uh, this I've is always, nothing like Checkmate. Well, no, no. I've, I've always want, I've always wanted to know about the origins of Max Max Lord. And yeah. so, yeah, a different kind of ma- a different, different kind different of ma- Max Lord, and, yeah. that, and I Booster know, and Beetle. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing is that you know Max Lord was always a joke. How many issues stuff. does the first one go through? The first seven, I believe. I don't know if uh, Booster shows up in the first seven. He doesn't show up oh, until yeah, like the right, sixth totally. or seventh yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He might so, not be um, in there. I I don't have it on me, but I know on the cover is uh, the second series or the second second uh, volume is probably. I like the first one a lot. I'm trying to too. remember. The first one's when they have the the, uh, the the thing in the UN and Batman's in charge and he can't get anyone to do it. It's oh, yeah, the first yeah, one's, yeah, yeah, the first yeah, one's yeah. really it's still yeah, really good. Yeah. But the Booster and Beetle stuff probably doesn't really kick off till the second, second one. one. But the first yeah. one's awesome. Yeah. So, well, um, yeah. I did check on, on Instagram. There's some beautiful hardcover editions of those that have come out. Yes. I believe that the first volume hardcover may be out of print or unavailable, but it is out in trade paperback yes. now. And you can out. get that uh, trade paperback at in-stock trades for 47% off. They've been great about raising their discounts for us. And uh, pick it up. Nine and a half bucks. It's nine dollars. Kevin McGuire for the a monthly book. Hmm? For the hardcover, nine. No, nine, no. For the for the, the trade. For the, trade. the trade is nine dollars and fifty four cents, and it is Kevin McGuire art. And yeah. It is awesome. uh, Giffen. Uh, Dimatius. So it's funny. Yep. So it there you go. Funny. That's our next book club. So cool. I have a feeling that we might be able to uh, to get through that one fairly quickly. It's a uh, seven, seven issues. Yeah. There's of, quick, of, quick reads. Yeah. There's yeah. not a whole lot of delving into jail. Okay. Not, Tom gonna might be, be able to. I'm I don't gonna know. be interested in uh, what you think of it. Me? Because yeah, because you've never read it. That's no, yeah. never, never read. Yeah. I as we sit here at uh, an hour and twelve minutes, I don't know if the JLI will be an in. <laughs> might be a twenty minute yeah, episode. It might be a twenty yeah. minute episode. But uh, I've always heard great stuff about it. There's a lot of love for that series. I'm sort of interested how I'm because I haven't read it in years, so I'm mm-hmm. kind of interested to how I'll how it'll read the second yeah. time. Yeah, around we'll see or... because that's uh, when did that come out, Tom? Eighty-seven. Okay, so it it might date a little bit, but uh... I don't. It's and not. I don't no more think than... it's aged 
in that way, like, oh, this is old-fashioned. I think it's aged in that DC remarkably treated their lead franchise in an extremely different way. <laughs> they yeah. Treat their, yeah for, I mean, it's good for them. It's I mean, it was not taking, different. Yeah, yeah, it's not the serious, you know, comics that you see today not the series but it, it, uh, there's adventure in it it's oh yeah, not to yeah. Say it's, it's not it's just all, like gag you know yeah. there's not just like gag gag you know it's, there's plenty a, of gags but it's a little different yeah it's different and i think uh, i think it, it's almost still ahead a little ahead of the curve yeah, yeah i still time. think people don't i i loved it when yeah. it came out man it i so, absolutely it loved so it so completely different like, mine yeah. just yeah. it was so just different fun. from everything else that people were doing oh, it was yeah, funny, funny and smart yeah like yeah. smart yeah well good i picked a good one yeah, yeah. all right absolutely cool. so i uh, checked that out in stock trades um i uh, hope you enjoyed our our talk on swamp thing thanks again sal no problem. and um uh, this is coming out at the end of the week come back on monday for a regular actually it's not even road a, trip it's not it's a, our road trip it's the road trip so we got a couple if we live <laughs> through the night if we, if we yeah. live live to see chicago again from our trip to milwaukee yeah. so so a uh, road trip episode coming out on monday and then uh, and then more weird oddball episodes after that Who so knows? it is a it is a summer of fun yep. here at around comics so uh check out aroundcomics.com the community section and all that good stuff and we will talk to you on monday oh, good in, night. in the yeah. meantime and in between time we'll be it everywhere like again. recording a second episode yeah it was it took a long time i'm yeah, sorry i didn't mean to, to, to <laughs> ramble on i didn't know how to i didn't know Oh, I I wasn't here for the the I wasn't sure what you guys wanted to how you wanted to do. It was good. I don't know. I just kept talking, nobody said anything. Alright. Yeah. I give it to In between time. Whatever. Around comics. Alright. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production, copyright 2009.